Welcome to Exaltation. This is Father David Masterson bringing you the beautiful, the good, and the true. Our scripture today is Genesis 24, verses 1 through 15. Now Abraham was old, advanced in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in every way. And Abraham said to his servant, the oldest of his household, who had charge of all he owned, Please, place your hand under my thigh, and I will make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of earth, that you shall not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I live. But you shall go to my country and to my relatives and take a wife for my son Isaac. And the servant said to him, Suppose the woman will not be willing to follow me to this land, should I take your son back to the land from where you came? Then Abraham said to him, Beware, lest you take my son back there. The Lord, the God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and from the land of my birth, and who spoke to me and who swore to me, saying, To your descendants I will give this land, he will send his angel before you, and you will take a wife for my son from there. But if the woman is not willing to follow you, then you will be free from this my oath. Only do not take my son back there. So the servant placed his hand under the thigh of Abraham his master and swore to him concerning the matter. Then the servant took ten camels from the camels of his master and set out with a variety of good things of his master's in his hand. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia, to the city of Nahor. And he made the camels kneel down outside the city by the well of water at evening time, the time when women go out to draw water. And he said, O Lord, the God of my master Abraham, please grant me success today and show loving kindness to my master Abraham. Behold, I am standing by the spring, and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. Now may it be that the girl to whom I say, Please let down your jar so that I may drink, and who answers, Drink, and I will water your camels also, may she be the one whom thou hast appointed for thy servant Isaac. And by this I shall know that thou hast shown loving kindness to my master. Chapter 24 of Genesis is the longest chapter in the entire book and is devoted to the romantic story of the choice of a bride for Isaac. God, who always works behind the scenes, superintends circumstances and brings about a wife for the heir of promise. Do you believe in miracles? One of the lessons this story teaches is that God does miracles in the minor circumstances of our lives. God is a miracle-working God who arranges circumstances to bring about His purpose in the lives of those who love Him. God does the work. Our responsibility is to love and trust Him. 
It is our great privilege to daily surrender to God so that he works out his life through us. This is exciting. One of the keys to understanding this passage of Scripture is the idea of loyalty to the covenant God has made. Our God is a covenant-making God. He invites those who will believe upon him to enter into a covenant relationship with him where we depend upon his promises and obey his commandments. When God made a covenant with Abraham in Genesis chapters 12 and 17, he was trying to teach Abraham that relationship with God does not depend upon his own endeavors, but upon God's gift of grace to him. Isaac was not Abraham's progeny, but a miracle gift from God to Abraham as a fulfillment of God's promise to him. All that God requires of us is loyalty to the covenant. God does the work. We simply remain in a relationship of love and loyalty to him as he expresses his will through us. There are four persons who act with loyalty to God's covenant in this chapter. Abraham in obediently preparing for the future. Eliezer in carrying out Abraham's request. God in engineering its accomplishment. And Rebekah for responding yes to the invitation. Look at verse 2 where we find Abraham's request. And Abraham said to his servant, the oldest of his household, who had charge of all he owned, Please, place your hand under my thigh. The thigh in the Bible is considered the source of posterity, and this solemn swearing points to the coming of Messiah, the Lord Jesus, through Isaac, Abraham's son. Eliezer, Abraham's servant, is not to take a wife for Isaac from the heathen Canaanites. The Canaanites were idolaters and wicked sinners, living disordered lives apart from God. A wife for Isaac must not be taken from them. Abraham at this time is 140 years old. He had walked faithfully with God through many trials and tribulations. Now before his year's end, he must act decisively to preserve his seed through whom the promised Messiah will come. We see that the courageous obedience of one godly man can shape the future course of history. God gave Abraham an eternal promise, and he will not swerve from obeying God fully in performing all the conditions of that promise. Listening, friend, are you building your life on the promises of God or on the passing deceptions of this world? God cannot lie. His promises never fail. His word is eternal. Our faith at times grows weak and falters. But God's promises never fail. Some of you are facing very difficult times right now. You are overcome with fear because of what is happening in the world today. Everywhere you look, you see only chaos and turmoil. How can you hold on to the promises of God in a time of such trouble and evil? This is the time to trust God. 
This is the time to lean hard upon him and his eternal promises. As the hymn writer cries, standing on the promises that cannot fail, when the howling storms of doubt and fear assail, by the living word of God I shall prevail, standing on the promises of God. Today, will you run into the love of God and trust in him? Abraham, in his old age, could easily have turned his back on God's promises. He could have compromised with the world and gone his own way apart from God. No doubt there were many inducements for Abraham to offer his son in marriage to one of the local chieftains and so gain property in the land. But Abraham refuses. Why go to all the trouble of finding a wife from his own kindred for his son Isaac? Weren't there plenty of beautiful women who would make wonderful wives from among the Canaanites living nearby? No, being faithful to the promises of God always costs something. Doing the right thing requires sacrifice. The easy way is always the wrong choice. Abraham determined to continue to obey God by finding a good and godly wife for his son Isaac. Dear friends, following Christ requires courageous resolve. We must make difficult choices. No, I won't take this job for it requires me to work on the Lord's day. I will keep looking for other work, trusting that the Lord will provide and I will worship according to his word and honor the Sabbath day. Or, no, I will not marry this girl. She has wonderful qualities and we seem so compatible, but she does not have faith in Christ. I will trust that the Lord will provide a woman of faith for me, a person who truly believes. These are not easy decisions, friends, but following after Christ in this world requires this kind of resolve. The straight and narrow road is difficult, but the broad, easy road leads to destruction. Then in verse 5, the servant asks the most natural question. What if she will not come back with me? Can I take Isaac back there to marry her? No, Abraham demands. Isaac must stay in Canaan because it is the land God promised to him and going back would be reneging on the promise and not trusting God's power to accomplish the task. Then Abraham makes the wonderful statement in verse 7. The Lord, the God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and from the land of my birth and who spoke to me and who swore to me, saying, To your descendants I will give this land, he will send his angel before you, and you will take a wife for my son from there. What Abraham is doing is building the confidence of Eliezer as he is about to go forth on his mission. He tells him, listen, God the Lord has blessed me abundantly and cared for me. He has led me from the land of Ur to the land of Canaan. He has providentially managed my circumstances up until now. In my old age, he miraculously gave me a son when Sarah was beyond childbearing age. 
This living God, this almighty God who accomplished all these things will send his angel before you and you will find the wife that God has prepared for Isaac. So this first section of the chapter, verses 1 to 9, records Abraham's faithfulness to trust and believe in God. The next section, verses 10 to 49, deal with Eliezer's trust in the Lord. Notice the prayer of Eliezer in verse 12. And he said, O Lord, the God of my master Abraham, please grant me success today and show loving kindness to my master Abraham. Behold, I am standing by the spring, and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. Now may it be that the girl to whom I say, Please let down your jar so that I may drink, and who answers, Drink, and I will water your camels also, may she be the one whom thou hast appointed for thy servant Isaac. And by this I shall know that thou hast shown loving kindness to my master. Eliezer is a wise steward. He has high standards of character and nobility of soul in his selection of a wife for Isaac. St. Christosom writes, He is saying, If in response to my request to her for water, she lowers her water jar and not only heeds my request, but also gives evidence of a generous heart by saying, I will water your camels as well. She will have given me sufficient demonstration of her character and good manners. When it comes to selecting a spouse, everything depends upon the inner character and virtue. A godly wife builds up and edifies her husband. A wicked wife tears down and weakens her husband. Verse 15 is a wonderful verse. And it came about before he had finished speaking that, behold, Rebekah, who was born to Bethuel, the son of Milcah, the wife of Abraham's brother Nahor, came out with her jar on her shoulder. And the girl was very beautiful, a virgin, and no man had had relations with her. And she went down to the spring and filled her jar and came up. Then the servant ran to meet her and said, Please, let me drink a little water from your jar. And she said, Drink, my lord. And she quickly lowered her jar to her hand and gave him a drink. Now when she had finished giving him a drink, she said, I will draw also for your camels until they have finished drinking. So she quickly emptied her jar into the trough and ran back to the well to draw, and she drew for all his camels. Meanwhile, the man was gazing at her in silence to know whether the Lord had made his journey successful or not. Verse 15 says, And it came about before he had finished speaking that, behold, Rebekah came out with her jar on her shoulder. When we trust God, the answer to our prayer sometimes overtakes and anticipates the prayer itself. God is so kind to us. Isaiah 65, 24 says, Before they call, I will answer, and while they are still speaking, I will hear. This is the greatness and glory of our God. He knows everything about us and sometimes answers our prayers even before we pray them. 
The Church Father St. Origen has an interesting observation about Rebecca's actions. He says that Rebecca came to the well of water daily to draw, and because she spent time at the well daily, therefore she could be found by Abraham's servant and be united in marriage with Isaac. Forming disciplined habits of life is important. Performing our daily duty is important. What if Rebecca were slothful or lazy? What if she failed to come daily to the well, but spent her time in self-indulgence, flirting with the men of the city? This story instructs us to come daily to the wells of Scripture, to the waters of the Holy Spirit, to draw water and carry home a full vessel. Are you drinking from God's holy word so that its truths become embedded in your life? Abraham's servant trusted God to bring the wife of his choice, and that meant a woman of modesty, humility, kindness of heart, and generous hospitality. Rebecca fit the bill, and not only did she possess the requisite inner character qualities, but she went beyond what was expected in her service to others. When people gathered around the town well, it was expected that the women drawing water would offer a drink to a thirsty traveler, but not for their animals. Rebecca's virtue exceeded the expected minimum. She went above and beyond in her service to others, and on top of a noble character, she was very beautiful and a virgin. So Eliezer, carefully studying Rebekah's words and actions, realized that God had providentially answered his prayer and brought the wife for Isaac that Abraham desired. He gives Rebekah a costly gift of a gold ring and bracelets and immediately bows low to worship and praise the Lord. Blessed be the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who has not forsaken his loving kindness and his truth toward my master. As for me, the Lord has guided me in the way to the house of my master's brothers. Notice that success creates the response of humility and worship in a godly man, while success inflates the heart of the ungodly to pride. Humility and worship in the godly man pride and self-confidence in the ungodly. Eliezer acknowledged that God had led him, and therefore God gets the thanks, God gets the worship and the glory. Verse 28 to 61 describe what happened in Rebekah's house when her brother and family heard the news. Rebecca runs quickly home and tells everyone about the man, his camels, his beautiful gifts, and the conversation at the well. Laban, Rebecca's brother, sees the gold ring and the bracelets his sister was wearing and runs to invite Eliezer to stay with them. He gives straw and feed to the camels, washes the servant's feet, and invites him in for dinner. Eliezer refuses to eat until he has revealed his business. He then recounts step by step all that had happened from the moment he left Canaan on his mission to his coming to the well and meeting Rebekah. 
His speech before dinner was both wise and skillful. He tells Laban and the family that his master Abraham is very wealthy to put aside the fear of Rebekah's mother that she go away to a distant land to be a poor man's bride. He stresses that Isaac's wife must be a worshiper of the true and living God and not a pagan unbeliever from the Canaanites. He recounts how it was God's hand that directed his journey and clearly led him step by step to Rebekah. There is no flattery, no pretense or pressure or manipulation in his speech, but only a simple telling of the truth. It is absolutely undeniable that God has chosen Rebekah to be the wife of Isaac. So in verse 49, Eliezer says, So now, if you are going to deal kindly and truly with my master, tell me. And if not, let me know. Laban responds by agreeing that all that has happened is clearly from the Lord. He says in verse 50, The matter comes from the Lord. Behold, Rebekah is before you. Take her and go, and let her be the wife of your master's son, as the Lord has spoken. Rebekah is consulted in verse 58. Will you go with this man? And she said, I will go. What we see here is that Rebekah is the female version of Abraham. She, like him, was called to leave her home to go to a land of promise. And she, like him, exercised great faith when she decided to surrender to God's calling. Think how scary it must have been for her to leave home at such a young age and go off with a man she never met before. That required great faith and confidence in God, the same kind of faith and confidence that Abraham had when he heard God's call and left his home to travel to the promised land. Now, Laban in this story is a conniver, a selfish manipulator. He tries to get the servant to delay his journey back home for 10 days, probably hoping that Eliezer will bring out more gifts for the bride's family. How often do you try to do something for God and it seems like there are always roadblocks and distractions that get in the way? Whether it's a family obligation or something that needs to be cared for, these little distractions keep you from focusing on the Lord. You schedule a morning in prayer and the phone rings 12 times. You commit yourself to worship in a church regularly and there are three emergencies that suddenly emerge on Sunday morning. Eliezer, the servant of Abraham, won't have this. He's committed to his purpose and he has his priorities right. He tells Laban, listen, I can't stay. I must go right now. So Laban relents and sends Rebekah off to be Isaac's wife. The servant needs to take Rebekah and go because Isaac needs comforting as he mourns the death of his mother. The most romantic part of this story begins in verse 62. This is Rebekah's response to God's call. Listen to the verses. 
Now Isaac had returned from Beer Lahai Roy and was dwelling in the Negev. And Isaac went out to meditate in the field toward evening. And he lifted up his eyes and saw, and behold, there were camels coming. And Rebekah lifted up her eyes, and when she saw Isaac, she dismounted from the camel and said to the servant, Who is that man walking in the field to meet us? The servant said, It is my master. So she took her veil and covered herself. And the servant told Isaac all the things that he had done. We don't know how God led Isaac to the well of Beer Lahiroi, but he was in the right place at the right time to meet the caravan coming toward him that was carrying his bride. It wasn't just a coincidence that Isaac was meditating and praying about his marriage as Rebekah appears before him. He is eager to know if Eliezer found the right bride for him. And having found her, would that woman agree to leave her home to become his wife in a foreign land? Remember at the beginning of the sermon I asked you if you believed in miracles? God is a miracle-working God. He arranges circumstances to bring about his purpose in the lives of those who love him. God always does the work. Our responsibility is to love and trust him. This is what God has done for all the players in this story. Abraham, Eliezer, Rebekah, and Isaac all experience God's providential ordering of their lives. Step by step, God works out the details as they trust and obey him. As we close, I want us to see the powerful symbolism of the well in this story. Rebekah is found at a well, and in turn, Isaac is found by Rebekah at a well. Jacob finds his wife Rachel at a well. Moses finds Zipporah at a well. This is not simple coincidence, but is meant for our instruction. The well represents the word of God in the scriptures. We cannot unite our souls with God apart from his divine word. Therefore, we become one with the Lord. We become married to God as the living word of God takes us and unites us with himself so that we may live in union and communion with him. Listen to Psalm 119. Thy word have I treasured in my heart, that I may not sin against thee. My soul cleaves to the dust. Revive me according to thy word. Make me walk in the path of thy commandments, for I delight in thy testimonies. The story ends with the marriage of Isaac and Rebekah. Verse 67 says, Then Isaac brought her into his mother Sarah's tent, and he took Rebekah, and she became his wife, and he loved her. Thus Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. There is so much in this one verse to help us understand the principles of a happy marriage. Husbands need to love their wives. Wives need to comfort their husbands. Love and comfort make for a happy home. Now may the Lord bless you richly with the wonderful words of this message. 
For of him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory both now and forevermore. Amen. You've been listening to the program Exaltation. I'm Father David Masterson with Godet Ministries. You may reach us on the web at godetministries.org. That's G-A-U-D-E-T-E ministries.org. Until next time, may God richly bless you with this word of encouragement from the prophet Isaiah. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired. His understanding is inscrutable. He gives strength to the weary, and to him who lacks might he increases power. Though youths grow weary and tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not faint.